Welcome to the Arsenal Weekly Podcast. Here's Alexis Sanchez! What a finish! Walcott's going to go through and score! Into the middle, Giroud! It's two! Hello, I'm Russell Hargreaves, welcoming you to the Arsenal Weekly Podcast for the week of the 16th of May 2016. On this week's edition, we speak to Per Mertesacker about a summer without football. The Mirror's John Cross gives us his final thoughts on the season and we hear from the Arsenal ladies and their reaction to Saturday's Women's FA Cup final victory. But let's kick off with Dan Roebuck and Nick Brumsack. Our Match Day Show commentary team of Dan Roebuck and Nick Bromsack have joined us throughout the season and I'm pleased to say they're here once more for a final say on the 2015-16 campaign. Nick, Dan, how are you doing boys? Much yeah, better. Very good, thank you. Yeah, much better <laughs> after the uh, results uh, from the weekend. Nick, we'll start with you just because I can see the smile on your face, which you are doing your best to, to rein in. Um, quite, uh, how would you like to describe it, the day? Um... I think given everything that had gone before, given that two weeks, three weeks ago, people were talking about Arsenal maybe not finishing in the top four, it was a perfect end to the season, capped off uh, by Mikel Arteta playing such a, a big role in that decisive uh, fourth goal as well. A lovely afternoon, um, of course made better by uh, goings on at St James's Park, um, that 5-1 scoreline was cheered uh, heartily at Emirates Stadium, both at full time, but also as the Newcastle goals uh, went in on Sunday afternoon. So, yeah, in general, it was a pretty nice way to end the season. So a 5-1 defeat for Spurs and obviously Arsenal's 4-0 win, Dan. Uh, almost the perfect storm combination, I suppose. Yeah, it was, uh, as Nick points out. It, it, I mean, it's been a frustrating season, as we know, but it was a really good day on Sunday. The weird thing about the, the, the cheering I thought about when the Newcastle goals were going in the first Newcastle goal was sort of cheered only a little bit because I think that everyone thought, well, it's only one and Spurs will probably come back into it and it was nowhere near, you know, done and dusted. Then the second goes in and there's, and there's big cheers. Then obviously Spurs get one back and then there's a red card and then people start to think, oh, crikey, they're going to get at least a draw and that'd be enough for them. But then obviously what happened in the last 15, 20 minutes or so at St James's was incredible. And obviously the flip of that at Emirates is that I, start, I thought we'd start to get a little bit nervy at 1-0. Um, unbelievably, Giroud was getting some stick off uh, one or two supporters who, who sit just a few rows down from where, from where we are in the press box. And then obviously he goes and completes his hat-trick, all is forgiven. Um, but yeah, it was, it, was a, it was an odd day in that respect. Everyone was hoping at the start of the day that it, that it might happen, but it was hope rather than expectation. And in the end, you know, the last 20 minutes were fantastic. This is going to be more of a kind of review slash look ahead in a, in a broader sense. But I'll ask you guys one more about the events of Sunday. You mentioned, obviously, Mikhail Ateta briefly there, Nick, and, and he and Thomas Rizicki for sure calling time. Matty Flamini will wait and see. But for those two, obviously, it was a very poignant send-off and it's great that they had that opportunity. And it was very emotional as well, wasn't it? Yeah, Mikel Arteta was, was in tears on the pitch at the end and he was on, in tears as well in our post-match interview with him, which uh, you really should watch on Arsenal Player if you get the chance. But... I just think it was a nice way to, to bring the curtain down on, on their careers at Arsenal. Mikel Arteta has been there for five years, 150 appearances, and he's given a lot to this club. Um, and I think what speaks volumes uh, for Mikel is the way in which he's spoken about by other members of the first-team squad. Of course, he hasn't played much this season, and I'm sure that he'll be extremely frustrated by that. But I think his influence in that dressing room, um, he's, a, he's a steady guy, he keeps things composed, 
um, and he'll be missed. And that's what Thomas Rosicki, 10 years here, I think 246 appearances. Injury punctured at times. Yeah, absolutely. But when he has been fit, he's delivered some really memorable moments, particularly against Tottenham, of course. Um, I don't think any of us will, will forget that, that goal in the 5-2, where he made it 3-2 for a long time. And of course, that stunner at White Hart Lane, uh, when he robbed Danny Rose, I think it was, on the halfway line, and, and went and chipped Hugo Lloris as well. Um, so plenty of memorable, memorable moments uh, from Thomas against Tottenham. And then the 2014 FA Cup final, of course, as well, where he made such a big difference, having come on at half-time and extra time. So I thought the send-off was quite poignant. It was quite emotional at times, and they're two guys who will certainly be missed at this football club. And Dan, just moving on from Nick's points there, obviously we will see some squad changes, I'm sure, into the new season, not just to strengthen, but with some of these departing, very worthy and well-serving clubmen, these voids do need to be filled in some capacity, don't they? Yeah, they do. And it's be interesting to see exactly uh, what happens and, and who comes in. Because, I mean, the thing is with, with both of those players, as Nick has pointed out, you know, and we all know, they've, they've not contributed as much as they would have hoped because of injury. But they have been key over the last few years. Uh, certainly Thomas Rosicki, if you remember the 11-12 the campaign, he was starting every single game from about February onwards and was a real key component in Arsenal, making sure that they got top four uh, once again. Uh, you recall the 3-2 away win at West Brom the last game of the season. And, and prior to that, he was starting every game and contributing. Uh, Arteta, as, as Nick pointed out, was a, was a great influence in the dressing room. Seemed to pull all the squad together when he arrived in five years at the club. And he was uh, rather emotional, as Nick was pointing out. I think Nick got a little bit emotional as well, to be honest. I saw Nick in the press room afterwards and, and uh, I saw him just wipe away a tear or two. So Nick, lies, Robert. Right. Lies, I, lies, I, I, lies. I hope you're all right this morning. Hey, you know, fever, I, 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 know, I know that it affected you badly. But yeah, I, you know, we've got to get some good players in. These are two quality players that have to be replaced somewhere, somehow. So it's going to be fascinating to see how the summer goes when it comes to uh, our recruitment policy. While we're on that, because that is one of my topics I want to discuss, we've had Dan segueing into it there. What do you feel needs or, or will be done over the course of the summer? Um, Austin Wenger's programme notes on Sunday, I think, were, were quite telling. He, he spoke about wanting to combine what he has already and just add to it a little bit. And I think he mentioned three players in his programme notes. And to be honest, I wouldn't be surprised to see that many come in. And I don't think we'll see too many more than that, to be honest. And if you look at the Arsenal squad, I mean, there's been so much negativity outside of the club, in the media in the last few months, but this is still a team that's got a lot of potential. They've added in recent years, you know, the, the likes of Czech, Ozil, Sanchez, that's improvements on what was there before. And if they can complement those players with maybe two or three more, then I think we could be in for a good season next, mm. next time. Do you think that will happen, Dan? I think it has to happen. I, I know that the boss on the odd occasion over the last few weeks when he's been asked about it uh, has, has almost intimated that there might not be too much but uh, as Nick says there I think you know the, the, with players moving on and the injury to Danny Welbeck uh, he has got to do something I would have thought I mean uh, we were taking emails yesterday throughout the game and, and the, the striking situation came up an awful lot because of, of what's happened to Danny it's such an unfortunate injury he's going to be out for a for a lengthy period. So a striker has to come in anyway. I mean, Giroud, Giroud's um, finished with, was it 16 goals in the Premier League this season, which is his, which is his joint best return. He might have been his best return. Um, but obviously someone else is, is required as well. He's 29 now, uh, Olivier. So I would have thought a striker has got to come in. But he's, you know, the boss has mentioned before that there, is, that there isn't the top draw strikers readily available. That There's a lack of them 
uh, across the European leagues. And it's difficult to try and prize the ones that you want away from where they are. Arsenal in pole position to do it uh, because of Champions League football, because of the, the nature and stature of the club. But it is going to be difficult because you can't just get in people, uh, you know, to, to fill a squad number. You've got to try and get uh, personnel who will contribute. So it's, it's going to be difficult. It's going to be tough. And the fact that we've got the European Championships and the Copper America again, I'm not quite sure why we've got another one when we had one last year. Um, that means that you're either going to have to get your business done very early in the next couple of weeks before, you know, players move on to squads for their countries or just before the start of the season, which is never ideal. So it's going to be a fascinating summer. Guys, let's just finish off with a couple of very general questions about the campaign that's just passed. And Nick, first of all, your sort of positives and negatives of the season that you'll take away over the summer. Um, I think one of my main positives would be um, Arsenal's defence, actually. And, you know, they've kept 16 clean sheets this season. Petr Cech won the Golden Glove. Um, and then if you add on, David Ospina got a couple of clean sheets as well. So I think that's 18 or 19 in the Premier League. I'm, I'm not too sure. Um, I think when things do go wrong at the back, they, they go wrong pretty spectacularly sometimes. But I think more often than not, Arsenal have got, got that right. Um, I also think the performances of, of Mesut Ozil this season have, have been sensational. I read a stat a couple of weeks ago saying he'd created more chances um, in any season than, than any player since, I think, the 2003-04 campaign. And he might even have added to that in, in the last couple of weeks. So he was a big positive. Um, and I also think as well, the last 10 games, actually, in general, OK, there were drop points against uh, West Ham and, and Crystal Palace, particularly, where, where Arsenal probably should have won those games. But to go unbeaten for the last 10 games when people were calling into question whether they could even finish in the top four, um, that was a positive. To finish above Spurs for the 21st successive season in the way that they did it, that's a positive as well. Um, and I guess if you look at the negatives, you, you have to say if Leicester have won the league by 10 points, um, what's gone wrong at all the other clubs? Um, and I know there's a few games that you could pick out. The, the Liverpool away one, for example, where Joe Allen scored so late. Swansea at home, Man United away. Um, those West Ham, Crystal Palace games that I mentioned as well. Um, Norwich and, and West Brom. Back at the yeah, end you of don't 2015. Yeah, don't need to go on, Nick. That'll do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those, those are the ones. Those are the ones that I'd pick out. I, I guess from a from a kind of almost comforting perspective is now that you can't just pick out one moment. You can't go, "Oh, Joe Allen's goal cost us the league," because in the end there were so many of them that, that Leicester won it by such a big margin. Yeah, I think that's a fair way to look at it. And a few other clubs will be saying exactly the same thing. Um, Dan, same question to you then. To take a, a positive and a negative or two away from this season, what would you say? I think the negatives are the fact that we let... Nick was running through a lot of games there where we dropped points. We led in an awful lot of those. You know, we scored the first goal in an awful lot of goals. We were 2-0 up at West Ham. We won up against Crystal Palace. We scored early uh, against Swansea. You know, there's an awful lot of... Uh, games where points uh, have slipped when we had them. You know, we weren't relying on last-minute equalisers. You know, to, to to get draws. It was it was the other way around. That's the that was the, the the biggest disappointment in terms of the league campaign for me. The way that we got our noses in front in games and then threw points away. I I, I look at the Champions League campaign and was really disappointed with that. I know that one of my highlights was the Olympiacos game, the three-nil away win where Olivier Giroud scored a hat trick was was one of the best games of the season, I think. But the fact that we started so badly put us right on the back foot. We only managed second in the group in the end. I know Bayern Munich were in the group as well, but I just felt that we were putting ourselves under undue pressure with those defeats at Zagreb, which was, was silly, and, and, and again, the mistakes against Olympiacos at home. 
the, the flip side, the positive, the, the away game was brilliant against Olympiacos. You know, huge, huge pressure uh, to go on and, and win that game. And Arsenal were absolutely fantastic on the night. Other games to pick out as highlights, obviously the League Cup win at Spurs. Matthew Flamini, we mentioned him before, you know, scoring two goals, which was just phenomenal. Uh, he was fantastic that day. The first half hour against Manchester United at home. Uh, Arsenal were absolutely brilliant. So there, there, there were highlights, and a couple of players that I would pick out as highlights as well, um, as players that were, were, I thought were just brilliant. Hector Bellerin was terrific. I think he and Nacho Monreal started more Premier League games than anybody else. So real settled fullbacks, and because Hector's a bit younger and was only just establishing himself really, and got into the PFA Team of the Year, he would be a real highlight. And the emergence of Alex Iwobi in, in, in this era of marquee signings and Arsenal have slipped back into that a little bit nothing wrong with it you know we, we signed Alexis we signed Mesut Ozil and when you look at all of the, the big teams it seemingly is about marquee signings at the moment the, the Martials and, and the Matters and you know the, the Chelsea players that they've signed and, and Man City as well spending huge amounts of money on De Bruyne and, and, and Sterling when you see a youngster come through earn his place keep his He's, he's placing the team as well. I thought that was was really nice to see and fully deserved as well. So those were my highlights of the season. Dan, thank you very much indeed. Uh, I'm just going to finish with Nick with one more question moving on as well. I'll just throw in there, having commentated on it for the club a, a week or so ago, just being there to see the under-21s get promoted back up to the top tier of the Barclays Premier League under-21 division for next season to beat Aston Villa in the playoff the way that they did and, and really hopefully bridge the gap and, and set the, the youth team on for, for a much more prosperous future. I thought it was a great day and I was very pleased to be there for that. And It's something we'll talk about a bit later on the podcast, Nick, but you want to just finish with another big event from from this weekend just gone. Yeah, congratulations to Arsenal ladies having won the uh, FA Women's Cup for the, the 14th time in their history. And they beat Chelsea at Wembley. Excellent performance, really thoroughly deserved it. And, and Dan Carter's winning goal was, was sensational, cutting in off the left flank and just arcing a shot right into the top corner. Um, so I was really pleased with them. Um, they're a pleasure to work alongside the, the ladies team. And, you know, fantastic to see it because... Arsenal aren't really the force that they were five years or so ago now. It's a much more level playing field with Man City and Chelsea um, really coming through as major rivals. So to come and win that game as underdogs will hopefully give them a big push for the rest of the Women's Super League season. So many congratulations to, to Pedro Losa and his team. Fantastic stuff. Nick, thank you very much indeed. Dan, the same for all your great contributions over the course of the season on the Arsenal Weekly Podcast. And uh, gentlemen, long may it continue into 2016-17. Thank you very much. Thanks a lot. Cheers. Thanks, Ross. Thank you. Mertesacker retired from international football after winning the World Cup with Germany. He spoke with Arsenal media's Rob Kelly about his first summer away from a major international tournament. Per, this is going to be your first major international tournament this summer since you retired from the Germany team. What are your plans for the summer and how do you plan to follow the Euros? Um, I haven't planned to follow it, um, so it's more now for me to have some great family time, so that's my um, planning at the minute, uh, but obviously uh, to have a different perspective now. Uh, so it will be a major change for myself. So first of all, I book holiday and um, after that is uh, obviously the family time is most important. And then the football comes second this summer. Do you think you'll be able to quietly slip away and just put the TV on and really get in trouble? 
Um, probably not. It's gonna change, so I'm gonna be a fan. I think fans want to watch, and even uh, for us as Germans, we want to watch the German uh, side winning. So it's gonna be a different perspective, um, and I have to see how I react to that. Uh, not being involved, not being involved to the to a major tournament. Um, I haven't done it since I'm a professional football player, so it's gonna be massive for me now uh, to get another experience um, away from football. So. But I think it's going to be great, so um, you can feel already. I've never regret to to have retired and um, to have a different life in the summer. What do you make of cha uh, Germany's chances this summer then? <clears throat> promising, um, very promising. I think uh, the team has changed slightly. Um, few boys retired um, after the World Cup and um, was a difficult quali qualification uh, in general, but at the end uh, we went through and um, a tournament is always, um, you need to go in there, every player needs to be fit. So there's always doubt, there's always doubt in Germany, that's what always has been, um, even when I played. So it's good when there are doubts, uh, keeps everyone going, keeps everyone focusing and, and Germany just gets going when the tournament is, is going on and when the tournament is there. So that's why I think we should be very comfortable going there and um, just performance as we always did. Um, but there are some promising sides as well, some promising countries um, develop really well over the qualification now. So I think it's, hopefully it's going to be an exciting tournament and even now from an England perspective uh, for that team as well, um, there are lots of hopes. So it's going to be interesting and let's see. That's, um, that's a beauty now for me, just to go into that area, to go into the holiday and just um, I've got no pressure, just pressure as a fan to want uh, the German side winning. What are your earliest memories of the Euros? It's a different tournament this year, it's a slightly bigger tournament. What are your earliest memories of watching the Euros? Um, as a kid or you mean as a player? As when a do not remember at all. Maybe 1996, uh, when we won it, um, uh, semis against England. Then we beat um, uh, the Czech Republic. Oliver Bio scored scored the golden goal. So that were my first memories as a as a kid, being like 12, around 12, uh, 12 years old. So um, that was a good one, but it didn't like inspire me that much. So. I wasn't always like, I want to be there, I want to play at that stage. That was not um, my inspiration, it was more like having fun by playing football. So not aiming for the biggest stage. And then I just went to it like all of a sudden. Not bad, not bad. Let's hear from another Arsenal insider on the Arsenal Weekly Podcast. Our Arsenal insider this week is another stellar performer over the course of this season's podcast. And I'm delighted to say that it's the Daily Mirror's John Cross. Crossy, love your work, mate. And great to have you on one more time to help round off the season. And uh, it's going to be a busy summer. You've had a busy campaign, busy Euros to come. Uh, the Cross is uh, a very, very in-demand man. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's nice to be with you first and foremost, and uh, I do think it has been a busy season. It's uh, cost of, uh, as with everything Arsenal, really, lots of twists and tails and kind of uh, 
Um, I, I do think it's uh, been an interesting season, hopefully an even busier summer to come. I do think it will be. So I do think in, in an interesting few weeks ahead on the back of uh, yeah, very, very turbulent, sort of sometimes difficult, challenging season. But uh, hopefully things come out stronger on the other side. So we've obviously been talking to a couple of our contributors already and we'll continue to do so with you, John, about Arsenal's campaign. And it's a difficult question, but if I was to ask you to evaluate it, positive, negative, somewhere in the middle, how would you sum up what we've seen? Well, I, th I think the, the simple answer is frustrating, really. I do think it's... Um, uh, I think Arsene Bank would admit that, really, uh, I think that uh, he feels disappointed... Um, and they're saying something, really, because to, to, to finish overall second um, is, is a good achievement in, in Premier League terms. It's the first time, of course, Arsenal have done that since moving to the Emirates. But being realistic, um, as I think he has been, um, I do think that it probably feels that, um, I would say the title was there to be won and it was the best ever chance. I think still you've got to go and win it. Um, but I do feel that he probably feels that actually if they perform better in, in, in key moments, had a little bit better luck with injury um, and, and, and really kind of come alive when I think the sort of kind of, you know, test was there. And particularly, I think you probably look back upon the running, particularly after winning that, that Leicester game at, at the Emirates. I think if they sort of kind of nailed down their form and really had a strong running from then, then I do think Arsenal could have won the title. So second, but a little bit um, of frustration, I think. Um, and particularly also a difficult season, I think, uh, it's not always the fans sort of kind of particularly happy, um, but I do think finishing above Spurs puts a different gloss on things for Arsenal fans at the end of the campaign. So fourth a couple of seasons ago, third last season, second this time around. You know, there is a, an upward trend at the moment. Do you feel, John, that if things are done right, Arsenal then could go that one more and, and possibly win the title next season. It's going to be so fascinating to see what Arsenal do in terms of, of replenishing their stocks and improving the quality of the squad in one or two areas, combined with obviously seeing how some of the other perceived big guns in the league come back hard after what have been poor campaigns for them. No discredit, of course, to our worthy champions Leicester in that. No, absolutely. And listen, Leicester, if you lose three games all season, then I think you're worthy champions in, in any um, uh, competition really I think that's a remarkable achievement of which Arsenal beat them um, twice <laughs> yeah Arsenal beat them twice they've taken up two and, and kind of also I think that Leicester if you look at sometimes their quality of performance it's been amazing you know Kanten has been fantastic Mara is great Bardi has scored some fantastic goals they've been back four they've been so solid so strong and yet, and yet I think you look across the others Man City with Guardiola coming in I think they'll come back uh, determined and in a better place. I think Man United will obviously try and sort of evaluate what's what's to be done and what's to be improved. So that'll be interesting to see how they can think Chelsea improve on their appalling defence of their Premier League title. You know, will Spurs be stronger for this, this experience? So I do think it will be a, a difficult test again for Arsenal next season. But I do think that the kind of... I think the squad probably needs... I wouldn't say a complete overhaul because... You know, they do finish second, but I think that there will be significant ins and outs. And I do think if Arsenal can strengthen in the right areas, um, then I do think that they'll be strong. Look, I do think that Arsenal played for, for the second half of the season without Cazorla. I think is massive for Arsenal. I think he makes the, the game tick, and I think he dictates the pace, and it's so important for Arsenal. To lose him was huge. 
Uh, Jack Wilshire, of course, you know, came back towards the end. He's, he's a fantastic player. So I do think they're, therefore, you know, Arsenal surely got to be stronger. I do think they've got some grand targets. Arsenal Wenger is talking about kind of bringing in a significant signing um, even before the Euros. Um, and I do think if they can get one of those done, I think it changes the mood. I think it lifts the mood. And I do think Arsenal will be better next season. But without doubt, other teams will be stronger. But having said all that, I do think Arsenal are so consistent that they will fancy themselves, even though others are getting better and stronger, will fancy themselves to, to have another test, tilt at the title next season. Hopefully they can be consistent and uh, carry it through until the end. John, let's finish with two more questions. One positive, one negative. Uh, pretty simple. The best points of this season for you, the most positive either moments or stories or just angles to, to this Arsenal campaign? Well, I think, I think the way it finished in the end, um, second place, and I do think that kind of Petr uh, um, has contributed to that. I think that that's been a real positive. I think that finishing above Spurs is is great. I mean, I listen to kind of you know former pros and pundits who are sort of outside the North London bubble who don't quite get it and say that masks the, the sort of the failings and the Arsenal fans shouldn't be celebrating, but. I think unless you're a fan, you kind of understand the dynamics of rivalries and, and being a fan. And I do think that finishing second is, is great and it keeps that, that sort of run over Tottenham going. So that, that must be the positive. I think the negative, really, is the lack of consistency, particularly the home form. I think the home form is a real worry. And I think that's based on a few things, obviously, um, you know, missing key players at key times. But much more importantly, I think that sometimes the, sort of the fans, obviously, there's sort of a rumblings of discontent, um, and I think that's been a shame. I think you know, I think during the 90 minutes that that there should be sacrosanct and get behind the team. Um, and I think sometimes if it's a difficult atmosphere to play, and that that reflects upon the pitch, I always think that's a bit of a disappointment. So that would be the negative. But I do think that Fender's um, incredible consistency over 20 years is it, it, something that should be. Uh, respected um, and I think therefore that sometimes I think that kind of fans almost get a little it seems to me a bit bored of consistency when actually they should remember I think it's a good quality because whoever is next they will never ever repeat the feat of finishing the top four 20 years running it's a remarkable achievement Crossy, we're going to be looking ahead to the Euros in a special edition of the Arsenal Weekly Podcast next week. And of course, you'll be preparing to head off there in a couple of weeks' time and hope it goes really well out there in France. And thank you for all of your brilliant contributions over the course of this season for us. We really appreciate it. And uh, summer well, my friend, and look forward to catching up with you and getting all the stories uh, come August time. Absolute pleasure. Thanks so much, Russ. Really enjoyed it. And it's Adams put through by Bold. Would you believe it? Charlie George, who can hit him? Oh, look, It's up for grabs now! Thomas! Right at the end! On the 20th of May 1993, Arsenal beat Sheffield Wednesday 2-1 in the last ever FA Cup final replay. The game followed a similar pattern to the final five days earlier, with Ian Wright putting the Gunners a goal up. Arsenal certainly feeling that Sheffield Wednesday perhaps had their best chance to win the game. On Saturday, Smith, that's a delightful touch through. And it's Ian Wright bearing down on Chris Woods, and he scored! Well, he did it in the first game, and Arsenal couldn't hang on. Can they do it tonight? 
Great play by Smith. And right, his 30th goal of this wonderful season for him. And if this wins the cup, what a way to round it off. Wood started to come, realised he couldn't get there. And Wright did everything right. Chris Waddle struck in the second half to bring Wednesday level and send the final into extra time. And with the clock about to tick onto 120 minutes, Arsenal won a corner. Merson to take it. Andy Lennigan has won the cup for Arsenal! Sheffield Wednesday absolutely stunned. Steve Morrow leading the applause. An extraordinary ending. And Linnigan, a most unlikely hero, defying not only the fatigue, but that broken nose from the first half. And leaving Mark Bright to meet this Merson corner. What revenge in that. Chris Woods seemed to have it, couldn't hold it. Graham Hyde was on the line and could only help it up into the roof of the net. Andy Linegan's goal broke Sheffield Wednesday hearts and secured Arsenal's first FA Cup victory since 1979. David O'Leary played the final, one of his record 722 games for the club that night. Here he is talking about his farewell. I was 20 years at the club, um, just gone the 2nd of May, 93, and to bear well at Wembley winning the FA Cup was brilliant. I don't know why, but I ended up coming down the steps at the end and there was film clips of me bringing the cup down, so I thought, it's probably right, but I don't know how it was work that I did end up uh, coming down with the cup at the end. And that's a great memory. And you walk around the pitch, and every time you walk around when you win, you should be really happy and delighted because you make, you make, you know, they don't come around very often. But I was delighted but sad because as I was going around, I was getting near that tunnel at the far end. I knew once I went out that tunnel that I'd never put an Arsenal jersey on again. And, um, you know, it was mixed feelings there. But I thought to myself, what a way to finish. The win completed a domestic cup double for the Gunners and laid the foundation for victory in the European Cup Winners' Cup the following season. Coming up next, we're moving from the men's FA Cup to the women's and talking to some of the victorious ladies' team. So Arsenal ladies defeated Chelsea 1-0 in the Women's FA Cup final on Saturday, courtesy of a goal from Danielle Carter. Here's some of the reaction from Wembley. Dan, congratulations, you just won the FA Cup. How does that feel? Out of this world. It's the first time we've obviously won it at Wembley, but it's my full time since I've been at Arsenal now, so each time gets better and better. Yeah. Did you... <laughs> Because <laughs> you have ever dreamed of winning it in a better way than that? Uh, never dreamt of playing. Well, I've always dreamt of playing at Wembley. Never thought it'd actually come true. But to now win and score at, on the pitch at Wembley. Get in there! <laughs> you can see what it means to all of us. So yeah, we're all just buzzing. Yeah, absolutely. And have you ever scored a better goal than that? A more important goal than that? Uh, probably not a more important goal. I thought when I scored my hat trick at my debut was the best time of my life. But this is definitely up there. Okay, so you've just won the FA Cup. How does that feel? Well, I can't take the smile off my face at the moment, to be honest. I'm just trying to soak up every minute because it's not every day you get to play at Wembley and in an FA Cup final and to win it. And I have to say, I think we deserved it today. And credit to our squad, our team, the players out there, the manager for getting his tactics right. I think 
we were spot on and I don't think Chelsea knew what hit him. Like you said, the forward players will get the credit, but how pleased were you to see so many of your teammates throwing themselves in front of the ball at the end to protect your clean sheet? Incredible defending. I think every single person ran their legs off today. Um, the fact that it said zero next to Chelsea's name, I'm so proud of that as a defender. You know, that's what we're here to do. We're here to keep clean sheets and against such a fantastic forward line. Amazing. I don't think our keeper was really out of save to make, so mm. it just shows what the players in front of her have to do. And we've seen you talking to so many fans this afternoon. How great is it to see such a big attendance today? Oh, incredible, incredible. And that's why we're taking the time to go around and have 400 million selfies and sign autographs because that's what it's about. It's about getting people in the ground. It's about people coming to watch. And I think it was an exciting game. It might have only been 1-0, but it was certainly exciting. And, and I, I'm so pleased to see so many Arsenal fans here today. And they were our 12th player out there today, so it was massive. Josie, you just won the FA Cup with Arsenal. How's that feel? Great. I mean, it's not only me, it's the whole team. I had so many players on the pitch, uh, on the bench, but also we have more, the whole squad, the whole team, the stuff, so much, uh, so many people around. So it's not like you won that by yourself and that's why we deserve to win. So it feels great. And it's still only your first season here. Is this the perfect way to get your awesome <laughs> career underway? Well, I had a really good start with the girls. That they, from the beginning, I felt welcome with the girls. That's, I really appreciate that. And um, yeah, for me, it's new that you have the cup uh, in the middle of the season. That's new for me, but I guess it's okay. <laughs> You can watch the breakdown with Adrian Clark every Monday on Arsenal.com. And I'm delighted to say, as he's done for every single edition this season, Clarkie is back alongside me to help me uh, chat through what would be the next game. But of course, on this occasion, Adrian, there is no next game because yeah. we're done. The we're season is over. How are dusted, you? Done and dusted. It's whizzed by, hasn't it? It's been mm. really fun. I've enjoyed the podcast. How, how was your St. Totteringham's day? Do you enjoy yourself? <laughs> I was on air presenting a show, discussing and describing the uh, events as they unfolded. Yeah, it was so... very difficult. I was commentating on the game and it was very difficult to concentrate because well, I just, it was just too funny, wasn't it? What was happening at St. James's? So, I had an yeah. inkling it may happen, as in those switch of results would happen, but who would have thought 5-1? against 10 men. Yeah, maybe it's not Arsenal that are the bottlers after all, hey? <laughs> Who knows? Who knows, Clarkey? Ours not to gloat too much anyway, not at this particular point, but uh, we'll save that for another day. Tell me, first of all, and this may even be the answer, mm. we're going to go through a few awards and questions and notables of the season, I think, is our little slot yeah, with you today. Fair enough. Uh, we'll go. Biggest surprise of the season. The biggest surprise of the season? I think it's actually the fact that we haven't scored more goals because... This Arsenal team is blessed with a lot of natural talent, so many creators. Unfortunately, a lot of the guys have been injured throughout the campaign. But, but when you look at the number of chances we've created as a team, especially Mesut Ozil as an individual, I would have expected us to be the Premier League's top scorers this season, hands down. Unfortunately, that hasn't happened. It's a mixture of things. Mainly, the finishing has been a little bit indifferent this season um, and the quality of the chances maybe haven't always been brilliant. But yeah, that is the biggest surprise for me. This team is built to score goals, yet we weren't the top scorers, not by a long way. Interesting to see if that will be addressed or will change for next season. Mm. We shall wait and see on that. I think that's a big point of debate. Um, Funniest moment of the Funny, season. Well, easy. <laughs> <laughs> and we saved the best to the last, didn't we? I mean, it hasn't been a season of barely laughs, has it, for Arsenal? We've had some, some ups and downs and, and some real frustrating times. 
the last few months especially have been quite challenging. The atmosphere has been a little bit fractious at times inside the stadium. And, and I haven't enjoyed that, but it was lovely, I've got to say, to, to see the stadium come together as Spurs folded at St James's Park. And as, as we got news um, in our ears as we were doing the commentary of the game and the stadium just erupted to the noise of every Newcastle United goal, it, it was just so funny. And, and for me, that's hands down the, 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 the biggest laugh of the season so far. Look, it doesn't mean that we should celebrate wildly. It hasn't been brilliant. You know, 71 points isn't an amazing total, but... To finish above Spurs, again, is a good achievement. And, um, and yeah, it was very amusing the way it happened. Second place finish in the end, not too bad. But as no. you say, I think, you know, in reflection to all, that's a good balanced way to look at it, Clarkie. Um, what would be your game of the season? Oh, um, I think you probably have to go back a little bit for that. I think earlier on in the season, there were some corkers. I remember the Manchester United game was, was unbelievable, wasn't it, for that first 20 minutes or so. I think the Bayern Munich game has been forgotten, the home match. I thought that was an outstanding tactical effort from the team. We had to withstand a barrage from Bayern Munich. They were on fire. We sat deep, held, on earth, held them at bay and then struck on the counter. I thought that was, that was really good. But I think the, the performance of the season has to be in Olympiacos. has to be. You need to win by three goals to, to progress to the knockout stage of the Champions League. You're away to a Greek club that never or very rarely loses on home turf, and you pull out a 3-0 win. I mean, I thought that was superb. Mm, so there have definitely been some good highlights and games of the season. What about Clarkey? Goal of the season. Oh, um, that's, no, that is... I don't think there's been one real standout goal, has there? I mean, there have been some corkers in the Premier League this year. Um, the, I think the Alexis one against Man U really took the roof off. I think that was... An absolute belter. We've seen a number of good team goals. The one against Everton actually really kind of was nice to watch with the, the way uh, Alexis it was that slipped the ball. After a nice move, slipped the ball in for Danny Welbeck to, to round the keeper. I did enjoy that one. That was a nice goal to look at. Um, yeah, there have been a lot of good team goals, but I wouldn't say there's been one truly outstanding one this year. OK, so as we take stock on 2015-16 and, and move ahead to another new season, mm. Adrian, starting, of course, in mid-August, um, just give me one or two predictions and, and thoughts for what might happen with the club. Yeah, um, well, it's hard to look into the crystal ball, but I think on the back of what's happened this season, that there will be changes. I, I think that's the main prediction. I, I do expect Arsene Wenger to be busier this summer than he was last. Obviously, only Petacek coming as a, an outfield player in terms of first-team acquisitions. I think this... And then he coming during the season Yeah, of as course, well, yeah. yeah. Which was a good two good signings. Um, but I would expect more than two signings this summer. If I was to... I don't know, if I had a fiver on it, I'd probably say four or five this summer might come in. Obviously, we know that Thomas Rosicki's going, Arteta, I think Flamini is, is leaving as well. I'm not 100% on that. But we know several players are, are, are leaving. One or two might be sold. We don't know. So, with that happening, spaces will be vacated. And I expect Arsene Wenger, in what might be his final season, we don't know yet, but it's the last of his current contract. I've got a hunch you might go big and just get that checkbook out, s spend some money on some real world-class quality and, and if you add it to what we've got and get the right characters and I think that is just as important as ability actually if you get the right characters players that will lead players that will respond to disappointment really positively and, and galvanize the group then I see good things for Arsenal next year.
And so, Clarky, for the final time this season, our little in a sentence oh, summing up. Emotional. This time, <laughs> I want you to sum up in a sentence Arsenal's season. Wow. Oh, OK. Um, look, I've got to be honest here and be frank about it. I think if you summed up Arsenal's season in a nutshell, in a sentence, it would be one of missed opportunities. I think on the pitch in terms of missing those chances and missed opportunities in terms of challenging for that title. This was a great, great chance for the Gunners, I think, to lift the crown. But it hasn't been disastrous and we go again. I think we will come back stronger next year. And I, I, I'm optimistic that we'll come back and win the Premier League title and, and um, well, just put, put smiles on faces this time next year. I certainly hope so. So missed opportunities tinged with optimism. Yes. Clarky, your fine work on this show over the course of the season has been very much appreciated. Yeah, no, it's been a delight. And we will lock horns for the Arsenal podcast golf <laughs> event that we're organising at some point over the summer. Yeah, yeah, I think you're odds-on favourite for that one, but, yeah, look forward to it. Get those sticks out, pal, and I'll speak to you very soon. All right, time. So that's full time on this week's show. Our thanks to Per Mertesacker, John Cross and to Arsenal's ladies, as well as to Dan Roebuck, Nick Brumsack and to Adrian Clark for their contributions today. We'll be back for the final regular season podcast on Monday the 23rd of May. We'll be looking ahead to Arsenal's representatives in this summer's European Championships in France. To make sure you don't miss that episode, make sure you subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or the Arsenal SoundCloud page. And until then, it's bye for now. And come on, you gunners. The Arsenal Weekly Podcast.